Welcome to We Took the Liberty, a podcast where we discuss our mediocre lives, ruminate on the weird and funny parts of our day-to-day, and explore some of our favorite places and activities in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm Logan Trent, and with me now and forevermore, Ben Anderson. Ben, we're back, baby. We took a totally planned <laughs> hiatus. Yes. It was deeply planned. Also, I like sort of the sportscaster vibe you're bringing. Yeah, I know. I'm coming in with a weird energy. Like, I'm usually not this excited. I know you've uh, had some time away from the the pod. uh Have you been spending more time with your mistress, soccer? Uh... (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure where that was gonna go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lindsay, I, Lindsay knows about this one. She knows. She knows all about knows. soccer. Um, yeah, I, I have. Uh, I'm not at all been spending any time with my family though. So that's that's good. Yeah. Well, just that's a lot of video games yeah. and Cheetos and mm-hmm. Mountain Dew, Baja yeah. Blast. And well, that's so. the commitment that we made to each other mm-hmm. when we started this. Right. Was, you know, this forever mm-hmm. and ever and ever and ever. Right. Also, no family. Yeah, this is this is more important than our marriages, honestly. Yeah, because we're and married And we want to be on record as saying that. That's right, yeah. Because we're really, what we're married to more than anything is the listener. Right. Yeah. And each other. <laughs> right. In a weird way that's also not real, but is very it's real. real. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's real. It's, it's, a, it's a heart matter. It, yep. <laughs> Maybe one of the reasons I have a weird energy today is mm-hmm. because we're doing something new, fresh, exciting. You're wearing a shirt today. I'm wearing. I am wearing a shirt today, and I'm wearing pants. Like yeah, so yeah, a lot usually, of new things. Usually actually. we record socks only, and that's just because that's a comfort issue. Yeah. And so yeah, for the listener, <laughs> for the listener. it comforts a lot of people. You know, like it, the you know visualize everyone is naked. You know, when you're speaking publicly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it helps. Yeah, it helps people to know that we're naked. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they're more comfortable, more comfortable listening to know to that we're. Yeah, I got yeah. it. I got it. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> going quickly from that, uh, I think what we have new and different going on here is we have a guest for the first time. That's right, we do. Yeah. It's it's not just the two of us carrying on like we have just now, but we actually have somebody of sober mind and spirit here to join us today, uh, and that's Jared Bickle from James Pepper. So we're excited to start this uh, new phase of our podcast. Uh, Jared, I just want to thank you for joining us, and I also want to thank you for wearing uh, that hood on your way over here. <laughs> I just really don't like it when people know where I live, yeah. and so it's it's. And I, very... I took the roundabout way. Yeah, you so did. There's you did. no way it could be traced back to your residence. Yeah, and you wore the mask, right? Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. and what was that mask again? I forget. Uh, it was a Paw Patrol mask. It was, a, of course, it was a Paw Patrol mask. <laughs> Which one did you go with? Uh, Zuma. Zuma. Of course. Of course, of course Zuma. Because nobody's expected. Everyone would expect Chase. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, it's going to be Chase. Yeah, right. <laughs> but Zuma, yeah, they're yeah, going to. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> well, good deal. Yes, Jared, welcome uh, to the podcast. Um, so, real quickly, let's just kind of get into some basics. So, what, uh, where are you from? How'd yeah. you kind of get into uh, this world of James Pepper bourbon? Yeah. Um, Thanks for having me. You guys are naked, which is weird. <laughs> um, j- just joking. Um, uh, I'm originally from Cincinnati. Um, 
but I've lived in Kentucky for like 19 years now, so oh. I don't. I wouldn't say I'm from Cincinnati anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm proud of you. I am. I I, I, I I jumped the broom, so to speak, and I, I'm very happy I'm in Lexington, Kentucky, and not in Cincinnati. Um, no, I've lived here for a while. Um, graduated from Eastern Kentucky with a master's in uh, broadcasting yeah. electronic media, actually. Nice. Which is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> I, it's a full turnaround. I got out of the business, and now I am on a podcast. Uh, um, and you're trapped here. For and I'm trapped in this weird Paw Patrol basement. Um, uh, no, I've been in the wine and spirits industry for 14 years. Um, started with just bartending while trying to make ends meet when I was in college, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying EKU is the most expensive college in the world, but uh, student loans uh, keep calling at like 9 o'clock at night. Right. Um, so it's one of those situations. I was sick of the phone calls, and this was before the spam protector on your phone. Right. So... Uh, Started paying them off pretty early while working bar shifts at night and um, started really diving into the wine and spirit side, especially wine to start. Um, I got my level one sommelier and then I got my level two. Then I, uh, while getting my level two, I really started indulging myself into Lexington, um, what's the right word here, like industry where obviously whiskey is king and yeah. started really mm-hmm. kind of educating myself on whiskey. And sake, believe it or not, which is kind of a oh, weird okay. turn, but I have a real weird love for sake oh. and Japanese whiskey because wow. I just think okay. the art form is incredibly tough and their whole goal is perfection, which they never reach. So their oh. whole life is just chasing perfection, which I think is a great life motto in general, not to get too serious. Okay. Um, no, that's, yeah. that's great. But yeah. anyway, so I started getting into sake, got my W set one in sake, uh, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, but while doing that, I really started loving, uh, especially rye whiskey, which is funny because I work at James Pepper. Um, but I really started getting into it. And so then I, as kind of transitioning from a liquor and, uh, wine rep at a distillery, um, transitioned and worked, started working for James Pepper distillery. And while doing that, I got my level three sommelier, which is an advanced, which is pretty rare to get in Kentucky because we are landlocked. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wine country. (laughs) So people kept calling me an idiot. Just like when they were saying, yeah, I, I was trying to get into sports broadcasting as an early team, yeah. and that was also a dumb move, because uh, I ended up doing like local news for like seven years at LAX18, oh, which okay. is a great news station, but I worked like the like nine o'clock beat. I was gonna say, did you, did you work the high school basketball? <laughs> like I literally, like literally, like area? two miles away. <laughs> yeah, I basically right. like do women's high school basketball, yeah, which yeah. nothing against women's high school basketball, but like when you watch the same four teams play, like yeah, for three right. years straight, right. uh, and it's like the same score. And then when they're with, they're actually like broadcasting it. It's just like a two second. Clip. It's literally then, like yeah. thirty seconds of B roll, <laughs> right, right. and then the script because it's like a thirty second script of like Tate's Creek won again today, twenty four twenty three. And like it, nothing against women's basketball, this sounds like I'm super sexist. No, but no, no, no. Uh, but it just got really old and mundane. And I was yeah. like, "Is this what I'm doing with my life? I have a master's in broadcasting. I, yeah. I, I, I enjoy wine and spirits. I made much more money at the bar and wine bars I was working. So I dove head first. Um, I took this lovely job with James Pepper as their ambassador, retail and events. I run their tourism and things like that. Uh, and then I got my executive bourbon stewardship at the Moonshine University in Louisville, which is a very fun program that I suggest anyone that just has a love in. Of course, uh, of course, there's a Moonshine University. You know, I know in Kentucky. the, the name. The name isn't the greatest, but they do teach you a lot of the ins and outs of like actually how to make it, and then a lot of the sensory yeah. training, which I think the most common woman or man just drinks it. They looked it to be sweet, spicy, and drinkable. Well, that it's is... a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. And, uh, 
it was a, it was a program that I suggest anyone that just loves whiskey. Um, but after getting that, and then I've been working here for about two years now, and it's just been it's been great. Yeah. And I love Lexington, and I, it's my forever home. Just had my first kid a year ago, actually yesterday. Yeah, awesome. Um, and so now I'm just like, I got roots here now. I love Lexington. It's now starting to grow as more than just a horse town, which is a great thing. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, the, the battle between humans and horses, like we're finally getting yeah. the upper hand. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would still say a, a racehorse has better living yeah. arrangements than probably a good percentage. Of and the inter-horse struggle, I think is really fascinating because there are ones that have sided with us and the ones that let us ride them. And the rest of them, we have to like, we just have to fight off constantly. constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually also segues back into James Pepper because bourbon <laughs> is the fuel that gives us the energy to fight the horses. It, it it helps. Helps. Do horses run on bourbon? Or we're Human, talking about yeah, us. People, oh, we yeah. run on bourbon. Okay, yeah. perfect. Our greatest yeah. warriors all run on bourbon. <laughs> That's right. The ones right. that fight the horses, of course. Sure. Yeah, sure. I um, think we've talked a little bit about this. That we we listen to these weird like history podcasts sometimes. And to think about the fact that in ancient warfare, people running at each other on horseback, like, you have to be drunk. You have to be a certain level of drunk to say, yeah, I'm going to do Or this. intelligence like, level. There's also this, right? like, thought yeah. process of, like, anyone that's on the front line that, yeah. like, stands on the front, like, all right, this is the spot I want to be at. <laughs> Like you, your success rate is got to be below five percent oh, of you. Yeah, living. you're not like no one's starting on the front line of a war where they're fighting face to face and surviving. Yeah, like no one's like, man, I was in the front line. Like no one's Mel Gibson in charges <laughs> as the leader of an army. I'm not saying that Braveheart is what I'm going on my no, you, it's okay. You breaking news. Braveheart is fake. <laughs> <laughs> the indigo paint is definitely real. They definitely did this. <laughs> All right. Actually, it's funny. The first place my head went was the Patriot because he also stands yes. on the front right. line. Well, Mel Gibson's well. a different beast. That That's isn't true. Him. <laughs> he, he is different. That's yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And to be fair, if he did live in either of those time periods, he would have done exactly what he did. Of course. Oh, yeah. like he'd do that today. Like if there was a like war on religion. And like, we're, and we're standing we're in like, let's, let's and we're standing that the, can never happen. And let's just say a war on religion. And Mel, Mel Gibson's on the front line. Oh, let's just good. let's just say he's got a flagpole, <laughs> maybe a crucifix. Oh my gosh, that's great. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the bourbon itself. So we've got a few bottles, <laughs> a few bottles here ourselves. Uh, so yeah, let's just kind of go through what we have, yeah. Um, and yeah. So um, I've already poured my glass, which I feel weird, oh. and I didn't pour oh, anyone else. Um, um, but I was deeply offended by that. But just, uh, <laughs> but I also understand. I uh, feel like as a guest, I don't need to be the one that's pouring. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's absolutely right. No, I mean that was a pretty steady, steadily leveled accusation. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, my glass is empty. I don't think I should be the one that has to fill it up. I'm just saying. But, um, <laughs> no. Uh, so there's three bottles in front of us, which is great podcasting to tell people what we're looking at and drinking. Yeah. Um, but we so we started distilling in 2017. Um, Amir uh, Pei, who's our owner, um, revitalized the DSPKY number, which is. Not an easy feat, to say the least, because you have to distill in the exact location where you earn said number. Mm. And we earned that number in, what, 1890? 
So, uh, needless to say, the DSPKY5 is a pretty historic number. So, in order to get that, you had to distill in the exact location. And if you know anything about the distillery district in Lexington, which is incredibly to go to, um, it was pretty run down for a long mm-hmm. period of time, about 50 years, to the point where they were going to tear it down. Um, and actually, Mayor Jim Gray at the time was going to tear it down. And I think the rumor was that they're going to turn it into like condominiums. Which they're kind of doing already in the that beginning of it. Lexington. Yeah. But That's super Lexington. Yeah. Like, hey, we're overpopulated. It's right. over-trafficked. Let's put some more condos and more people yeah. here. Right. Yeah. Um, and so instead of that, Chris <laughs> Kelly and Tony um, decided to buy up that whole distillery district and met with Amir, who's been doing a lot of research uh, about James Pepper and decided to um, revitalize the name, contacted the right people to get that DSP number, and started hiring the right people and he hired a master distiller who came from Seagram's um, and then started distilling. But the first bottle we're talking about, you know, you can't just automatically have aged spirit. Mm. So you have to have a company that you have great relationship with. And we chose MGP, which is Midwest uh, Grain Plant, which is based in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, which is a really, really fine distillery. Uh, I believe they just purchased uh, Penelope. Oh, really? And Penelope is a really, really nice distillery. He does some great, great toasted barrel picks. Mm. Um, I believe Jackson's Wine and Spirits down the street has a barrel pick of their stuff right now. That's incredible. Um, I'm talking about James Pepper, I promise. Um, Well, so, and just to kind of rewind, so like a lot of people, you know, don't necessarily understand when a distillery first opens, Mm. uh, you know, you have a couple of options and you see that in different distilleries, you know, you have the option of distilling a a non-aged spirit. Um, to support the distillery, keep the lights on. Keep the lights yeah. on. Correct. Um, or you can, uh, or you can purchase a source product. Correct. And so what you're saying is James Pepper decided with their relationship to mm-hmm. to purchase uh, distilled and aged product from MGP. Correct. Okay. And and so while doing that, you know, you have to be transparent because the average whiskey drinker is going to find out whether you like it or not, where it's coming from, what's yeah. the mash bill, yada mm-hmm. yada yada. So Amir wanted, and coming back from our history, because we were out of business, into business, out of business, in business, and I guess the common denominator was trying to cover up for lesser product or trying to cut corners. Mm. And he wanted to make sure that his foundation was super solid. So he hired the right people for the amount of space that we have, which we vertically store all our barrels, which Mm. takes longer to age, which I could get real scientific about why you do that and why you don't do that but what i'm getting at is that we decided to use mgp Mm. uh which is a very well-known contract distiller based in lawrenceburg like i said and they started producing our whiskey for us so the first whiskey we're actually drinking is an mgp source product Mm. um and it's our single barrel rye um looks like it's 110 which is a pretty standard single barrel uh proof um, now, most of our single barrels that you'll see in our distillery um, retail area are going to be barrel proof now, which mm-hmm. is a little bit more fun and more sought after. Um, but this one at 110 drinks really warm uh, to start, but it has mm-hmm. almost like a spearmint or um, like, a, like a mint back end, mm-hmm. which I think is mm-hmm. really nice and yeah. refreshing. Yeah. Um, it's got a good bite on the back end that isn't like that. <clears throat> it doesn't. It doesn't taste like a like a one ten. No, that's what I'm getting. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. it starts a little bit like the that baking spice almost cloaks itself as a mm-hmm. high proofed whiskey. But man, it really smooths out with not that that spearmint back end, which so we're like, whoa, that sounds disgusting. It's actually really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which a lot of rise to me, I wouldn't categorize as a refreshing whiskey. Mm-hmm. No. Um, and I think they did a great job with picking this and. Um, 
our barrel program to this day, like people seek after our single barrel rise from them because of these notes and flavors. I mean, it's fantastic. I remember tasting this was one of the first things I tasted mm-hmm. from uh, from James Pepper, and I had just uh, found at the time the uh, the Willet mm-hmm. uh, family reserve rye mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. was in really short supply, and I had picked up a bottle. Um, I think now it's all four year, and at the time they were doing three year. Yeah. I think to kind of up production. Um, and I had just bought a bottle of that. I had had a taste of it like a couple days before, and then I tasted this, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wait, wait, <laughs> <laughs> I can get this yeah. just going to to the distillery district, right. mm-hmm. and this is an easy rival to that Willet Rye." And we get compared. Are, and by the way, we get paired to Willet quite a bit. I Actually, mean, it it just it blew my mind that I could just go get this because it is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. That's really nice of you to say, and that. The fun thing is, and I guess it's not fun, but it's almost like when you start making your own stuff, which we're going to taste after this, is you get compared to a product that is very good. And MGP is very good about bringing out a great product that, and they don't take a lot of credit. It's just like this like weird rumors, hmm. like, did you hear it's MGP? Like, it's almost like people don't even know what that means. Oh. Like, it's Midwest Green Plant, but I, the common person doesn't even know what that means. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like, oh, it's MGP. And, like, so to get away from that, like, I've had multiple people that have come into our retail area and be like, oh, so you're not using MGP again? Well, that sucks. And I'm like, <laughs> weird comment, but, like, yeah, all right. I guess I understand where you're coming yeah. from. Or, like, you knew when you heard that that it was probably going to be pretty good. Like, it was a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. it's like UK basketball. Like, they might not win it, which I'm saying that because you guys have lovely UK <laughs> rocks classes. I, as, as an EKU alum, I'm super offended that you knew I was coming and you researched well, me I, heavily, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and I'm a Morgan State alum. So well, I mean, then there's no eagle pride here. That's right. That's right. I mean, I, I see these, this weird bird logo. That's right. Um, but no, like, I, I do think it's like this risk reward. Like, a lot of people, even if they've had aged product and they taste it and they don't like it, they're like, mm-hmm. no, we're just going to stick with this contract source. Hmm. Like, no one's, we're, our sales are up. Yeah. We're in the green finally. Like, what are we doing? Why, why cut a good thing? Like, we'll just keep it up. And I'm sure that was a discussion that Amir had. But to be considered, D, like, to put DSP KY5. Like, if you look at this label, it says DSP IN 15,023. Like, we're DSP KY5. Yeah. Like, so it's almost like a bragging, like, hey, just letting you know. Yeah. Like, we're the fifth distillery in the whole state. And so, like, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, I, I'm sure that was a thought process, but... As we continue to this flight of whiskeys, you'll see that it's just it just keeps getting better. It yeah. keeps getting better. Well, and to, to that point too, this is a fantastic whiskey, right? No question. But what continued to really surprise, and I think surprise, I can say surprise because there have been a lot of distilleries to open mm-hmm. in the last you know decade, yeah, in the last five years, in the last five years, in the last two yeah. years, you know, mm-hmm. in the oh, last yeah. year, you know, there's just more and more and more. And, you know, we've all had that experience going, you know, and taking a risk. You know, you see a new distillery. You know, I've got a bottle that will not be named that's in my cabinet that I I will open and force my friends to mm. taste because I just want to get rid of it. And lie, true. And lie to them, too. Like, you, you yeah. got to try this. you got to try yeah. this. Oh, it's, it's In true. fact, if you like it so much, this. you're a good friend. 
Take the bottle. Take it with yeah. you. Yeah. Take the bottle. You're a great guy. I have a couple of those bottles me? as well. Is that, what, is that <laughs> how you keep forcing your <laughs> drinks? It's not the one I give to you, Logan. <laughs> totally. But you should take it home with you sometime. Because <laughs> we're such good, good friends. friends. Oh. But that is not the experience that I've had with James Pepper. You know, every single product you all have put out, I've, I've been anxious to share with people because mm-hmm. I'm just... I'm so pumped that there is someone in lexington making this good of whiskey and i can tell them you know oh you don't have to drive 45 minutes to go to a bourbon tour and have a good tasting you can go to the distiller district grab a slice of pizza hang out go on a tour that is going to be you know 10 15 people at most you get to see the whole distillery you get to do all this stuff and they make really good yeah. bourbon. Well, not to mention with that tour, where the number one, I, this sounds because I'm obviously in retail. Uh, we have the number one rated TripAdvisor tour mm. in the whole city. Oh. And that's beating out Keeneland. Wow. That's beating out wow. Mary Todd Lincoln House. That's beating out the Horse Park. Like, those are pretty, three big hitters. And the fact well, that. Well, to be fair, though, I mean, when you go to Keeneland, there's going to be winners and losers. So you're going to get some <laughs> negative reviews. I mean, yes, but like if you walk into <laughs> Keeneland, and, we need to look at the Keeneland reviews at some point because you know people. There's got to be one guy because like, they're like, "All right, I've lost enough money. I'm gonna put right. my opinion's gonna lose Keeneland so much money." That's right. And Keeneland's just sitting there like, "You are so dumb." It's like this is on <laughs> you, bro. Like they like, don't even respond. Right. Like there's no re- yeah. reply to. I mean, it's I the took same out a thing. mortgage to go bet on horses. That's, like, that's, that's your. <laughs> that's fault. you, buddy. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with the Mary Todd Lincoln House. I mean, there's going to be winners or losers on but that. But the tour is free at the Mary Todd Lincoln House. So, like, it's like it's not like you invested much Which besides driving there. Which is saying a lot there. about how, how bad it is. <laughs> well, I'm trying to drive retail people. I'm not saying... I, I've never been there. I'm just slamming them for no reason at all. <laughs> what I'm excited for the Mary Todd Lincoln House is as... Rupp Arena expands. More it's just going to be a part of the basketball it's, court. It is. It's going to be. It's going to be an up situation. It's going to be the student section. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like the Mary Todd exactly. Lincoln yeah. student section brought to you by Minga Jerky. Yeah. And now they're going to have like a Mary Todd Lincoln jam competition, yeah. like trampoline Mary Todd Lincolns. Oh, I would actually go see I'd, that. I'd be up for that. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Dunking a basketball, like absolutely, <laughs> come on, Mary Todd Lincoln from the upper room. <laughs> it's definitely gonna work its way into like WWE, right? Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Tag team, her and Abe, just like getting after oh, yeah. it. So, <laughs> not whoa. It's for families it, still. Logan. It's true. It is for families. <laughs> Speaking of things that are for families, let's taste this next bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> are you actually gonna pour this one? Oh, I'm actually. I'm, <laughs> I mean, so appropriately sad. It's, it's so good. I know Ben. Yeah, it's not yeah, like my yeah, first no, interaction. I love with him. <laughs> um, but this no, next one that he is pouring, uh, we don't have a lot left with it. So there you go, Logan. Oh, just to narrate for you, I did not pour Logan any. That joke, <laughs> that joke did not land. Uh, it's a visual joke. This is kind of. Um, our baby, no pun intended, like because mm-hmm. like literally it was our first bourbon we ever released. It's coming from the still, mm-hmm. so uh, this is our double barrel finest Kentucky oak bourbon, um, mm. which is pretty. Um, how do I say this lightly? Um, special. Mm-hmm. I I, it, I wouldn't go too romantic because I haven't been here since the com- I haven't been here the whole time the company's mm-hmm. been open. Um, 
but I do know that Cody himself, who's our master distiller now, um, really, really was song that this is the bottle that we want to release first. Mm-hmm. And usually you don't put a double barrel bourbon as your first bourbon. Mm-hmm. It's usually probably mm-hmm. a blended small batch that you can make a bunch of it. He wanted to make sure it was a double barrel. I say double barrel. It's still a single barrel technically, okay. uh, because you're you're not blending this more than twice, and it's only a small amount. So it's a small batch double barrel bourbon from mm-hmm. DSP KY five. That is seventy percent corn, eighteen percent rye, and twelve percent malted barley, mm-hmm. which it's, is our historic mash yeah. bill. Like it's it, very sweet. Like yeah. I can I can taste that. Like but that what what bill. what what the sweetness is. Not just the corn. So with our FKO, that which is finest Kentucky oak, which is such a smart idea to be like FKO, just like yeah. MGP. Like speaking of wrestling, I mean that that sounds like a yes, wrestling. Yes, it really FKO. does. Like and this year, brother is the FKO. <laughs> uh, like, but like, what's good about this is that we handpick all our staves for our FKO line, mm-hmm. which is finest Kentucky oak. Just so I'm going to keep repeating it so it sticks in somebody's ear. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. And, um, and to be to be clear too. When you say select, you mean that every single employee kisses every single stave. Correct. Okay. With Paw Patrol mask. <laughs> That's right. Um, no. Stave. You said every single stave. No. Every Not stave. We, Not we hand barrel. select every single oh, barrel from Kelvin Cooperage. Yeah. Do you think they are slacking on this, Logan? I thought that it was barrel, but I mean, it's every stave. That's fine. I can, I can taste every the stave. love. I can taste the love. Um, <laughs> and so they double season it too. So season it basically is keeping it outside. It's a fancy way. Like you, when you mm-hmm. build a new fence, you're technically seasoning mm-hmm. your right. your fence. So we instead of six to twelve months, which is a normal seasoned timeline, this is for twenty four months. So it almost looks gray by the time we even received the barrel. Mm-hmm. And they heavily toasted it and then charred at a level two, which is about fifteen to twenty seconds on the charring on the inside. And that double seasoning and charring brings that creaminess on the back end mm. that you usually wouldn't get with a double oak. Because nine times out of double oak, people automatically think it's over port, like super oaky, mm-hmm. way overpowering, mm-hmm. and it lingers in the tannins just like coat your cheeks. Right. That creaminess kind of comes on that back end, in mm-hmm. my opinion, where that sweetness, people automatically think it's the corn percentage, which is high at 70. Um it really rounds out on the back end and it mm. really turns into this elegant, really, really nice sipper where you don't even need an ice cube, which I think it's great neat. Um, I turn a lot of people on to whiskey that don't like whiskey with this exact bottle yeah. because it really is a great, which I'm saying great, like it's an $80 bottle. It's a great beginner whiskey for someone that's really trying to get into something that mm. has a maturity level because yeah. it's... Four years in the first barrel, then six to eight months in the second barrel. So you're almost mm-hmm. looking at a five-year bourbon here. But right. it's not. It, I mean, it's a younger bourbon, but yet it doesn't taste like a younger bourbon. Mm-hmm. And it's at 104.2. Mm-hmm. So you're really looking at a... And it doesn't taste like that. It doesn't. And I think that's all of our products around the line. Because that first one we have, which is a 110, yeah. does not drink like a 110 mm-hmm. to me personally. Yeah. I'm saying this as I'm an ambassador of well, this company. Well, to me, but, no, either, I I mean, yeah, and to be fair, too, like this 110, I, I purchased and we've opened this bottle tonight. Yeah, you know, I I brought this here for this purpose. So we're talking about, and anybody who has experience with whiskey will understand. But anybody who who hasn't before, you know, when you first open a bottle, you're gonna get a little bit more harsh. Uh, it's heat. tight. It's a little mm-hmm. bit. It's just tight. You know, it's a, yeah, it's tight, and it just loosens up as yeah. it's open. So yeah. a bottle that you know 
And uh, I've had this experience with uh, scotch, I think, more than bourbon. Agreed. You know, bourbon calms pretty quickly. I had a bottle of scotch that I opened and I thought, oh, that's just not very good. I'm sad. I spent a little bit of money on it. I left it and I came back to it about six months later and it was the most incredible Mm -hmm. thing that I've ever tasted in in the scotch world. I always compare it to wine a lot. You know, when you take a big Cabernet Sauvignon that's like 14.5% alcohol by volume... It takes about two and a half hours before you really get to taste what it's supposed to taste like. But nine times out of ten, when someone orders a Cabernet Sauvignon, if you're not at a fine dining five-star restaurant, they pour it in a glass mm-hmm. and they just start drinking it. And they're like, man, this is a big end. I'm like... Well, it's because you want to get there. You just like, want to... I want to get there fast. Yeah, and, and, and so, I, I think... <laughs> so Logan's going to order that Cab Sav with an extra shot of whiskey. Yeah, with, with, with a floater of whiskey. Right. Um, but, but I think the same thing can be said about... <laughs> like scotch and higher end like whiskeys where you like open it up and forget about it mm-hmm. mm. like sometimes i'll open a scotch that is especially a heavily peated isle scotch mm. and i'll just like i'll open it and not touch it for like a month yeah mm. and man i go back to it and i'm just like man this is so good and then that's when like because i do think a lot of years i mean it's been mm. bound up in a barrel for especially mm. scotch like 20 30 yeah 40 yeah. and i'm just like I There's drink forty-year-old scotch all the time. I don't. <laughs> I, I drink. You're, and that's because just, you're. Do, well, that's because you're doing very well. Well, so. Logan, I I wanted to say that. Oh, so okay. So, I'm a little bit upset. Sorry, that let's step that, back. Like, I am doing. Back. I'm doing extremely well, and I'm just trying to relate to an to average small people. Yeah, yeah an yeah, average listener that like. The you know I know we're all doing really well in the year 2023, and I also know that it's extremely relatable to be just you know guzzling forty uh-huh. year old scotch. Yeah, hmm. uh, you know like a, a rare like Glenlivet 1953. Like, so so you I, don't you you not only have a forty year old scotch, you just drink that baby straight on down. I don't know how else to drink it. <laughs> Did I see you get off the bus? Like outside, I yes. It, <laughs> did you pick him up in a bus? No, the he's like, like the like the bus station next to the speedway across the street. Don't shame speedway or the bus station. <laughs> I'm shaming both. <laughs> call me out. I call it my chauffeur. <laughs> I know the driver. I know the driver. <laughs> Chuck's my best. Chuck friend. is my buddy. No, but go, going. I do think the FKO is unfair almost because it's our first whiskey. And I, 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 do, I do see us like people like, well, it's not as good as that one mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And so this goes back to like kind of like, well, you left MGP, so to speak. And I'm like, yeah, but we have to leave the nest. And we, we took a shot and Cody and I agree with Cody. If we're going to make an example, let's start off with a bang. You know, I want my leadoff hitter to hit a home run. I don't mm-hmm. want him to hit a single. Yeah. And... I, I agree a, with them, and I think it was a great opportunity to get people in the door. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is our face. Mm-hmm. It might be ugly, but it's there. But it's actually beautiful. Oh, it's it's, it's, it's mean, quite beautiful. I mean, I'm very. This is, I'm this very, is the ugly bourbon. Then, like, wow, <laughs> like, bring me the beautiful. I know, right. I, I'm really pumped about what what this is kind of set up for us because we're going to do this seasonally. So we're going to release mm. this style, and it's not going to be the same proof every time. That's why, I like, I do like the fact that it's barrel proof. So, like. It's not going to be the same product every time. And mm-hmm. nothing against Sazerac stuff or like, oh, like there's a new Blanton's that are like, it's not new. It's the same Blanton's. 
and they've replicated it so many times, and that's why they yeah. people seek for it because that's why they know. Want, they that's know why you go to. Nice. I, I feel right. like I'm just taking shots left and right at blue collar companies, but like, <laughs> like people go to Olive Garden because the ravioli tastes the same every time they go there, right? No, like, no, I'm not no. saying it's great, but it's no. Just, let's be clear, we hate Olive Garden. Like, we're here we, to go. We hate okay, it but like as a whiskey so. snob, especially no. one that works at a craft distillery, like, why are people searching left and right I, for a I company be, that you've yeah. you've had it once? What? Yeah. Why? What? Why? Why, need, why, why need it again? Right. Like I, I, me personally, I'm just a curious well, person. Like, masochists. They want to hurt themselves. Yeah. And yeah, to be clear, I hate Olive Garden so much <laughs> that I will attempt to eat as much of their endless pasta and yeah. bread as I possibly can. Just to melt out of your booth. Yeah. Just to save everyone else from. Like Olive Garden. Olive Garden is meant for booths because you just slide out. <laughs> Like you just no one gets the booth from their yeah, table that's what at all. A lot of people don't realize is the booth didn't exist until all. All Garden invented the booth. Yeah, yeah. you have to be like little Italy. There's no way like no. like Sicily has any booths. Yeah, it's they're no, all chairs. Forget little Italy, big fat Italy. Yeah, is like, what this is. Like <laughs> New, even New York, Italy. Like I'm pretty sure it's all chairs and like not Lexington, Kentucky. It's all booths. Because when you get to a certain point in eating at Olive Garden, your your body turns into a sort of a gelatin. Mm-hmm. And you need That's a what, you yeah. need a stationary exactly. seat that yep. can't slide away just from the slide table. so that just you a can... slide into your Ford That's Fusion. Right. Which, <laughs> I say that joke. I drive a Ford Fusion. So like, it's the most generic car of all time. I'm glad because we have a lot of little Ford people. Just slide into your mediocre twelve thousand dollar used car. <laughs> like, Listen, the the fusion forums are lighting up. Oh, right they're now. so bad. We just lost half of our viewership. Yeah. So. <laughs> Ford Fusion. I bought it, so I'm I'm, I'm the idiot. <laughs> And that, let's be clear, you're not an idiot. You have like seven different levels of mm-hmm. simuliation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I was an idiot and got a master's in a, a major that I knew there was no real good end. Like, like isn't like, that what college is? Though? Yeah, for real. Like, honestly, you just you go to pay, college, you get a degree, and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this, yeah. and then you just like, I'm paying to be broke for about four years, yeah. Yeah. five what years. What you're really yeah. doing is paying to view your mistakes in greater oh, clarity. Sure. <laughs> no, it really is at a higher end, like it's a profound. very a microscopic, <laughs> like, oh yeah. my god, I did that, yeah. and I paid twenty thousand dollars for it. Mm, yeah, okay, yeah. bad investment, but anyway. <laughs> on that note, on I that think note, we need to let's get talk some about a good investment. <laughs> Special thanks to Sunmates for our theme music. Also, a very special thanks to Nick Woods for our logo art. If you'd like to reach out to us, we are now on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for We Took the Liberty on either platform. Thanks for listening.